You are listening to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Sevierville, where our mission is helping people move from their point of need to hope in Christ. For more information about our church, head on over to severe.church. Today's sermon, Show Hospitality to One Another, is part four in the series Community, shared by Senior Pastor Dan Spencer. Thank you so much to our choir, all of our worship ministry today. Wonderful time of praise. And now it's my privilege and my duty to ask you to find in your Bible 1 Peter chapter 4 and uh, to open God's Word with you today. 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to read only one verse out of this chapter today. Uh, And yet there's a lot there that we need to talk about. Uh, We have been talking this month about community. And when I say that word, I I don't mean uh, just the people who are in our zip code here, but rather I'm talking about the, the network of relationships that every Christian needs around them if they're going to thrive and if they're going to grow. Uh, This is how it works in the family of God. We need one another uh, to encourage us when we are down, to lift us up when we are weak, to pray for us when uh, we are in trouble. We need one another in the family of God. It is not optional. It's necessary. If we're going to be what God wants us to be, we do this thing together. And Jesus really illustrated that truth for us early in his earthly ministry. Uh, Think about this. When Jesus came into the world, he could have announced, uh, listen, I am too holy to associate with all of you sinners, and so I'm just going to live in isolation, cut off from all you unholy people, and sealed off from anyone who might do anything sinful or wicked in my presence. Jesus could have decided, uh, I'm going to isolate myself so that no one can ever sin against me or hurt me or disappoint me. But instead, what did Jesus do? Well, he was born into a family situation where he was surrounded by imperfect people in his own home. Uh, He, after that, called a group of people to follow him as disciples. And they were a mess. But, But Jesus surrounded himself with these imperfect people and, and it wasn't just for show. He, he invested a lot of his time with them. He got close to them. He immersed himself in that uh, community of believers. And some of those he got close to did disappoint him. Some of them did hurt him. Some of them even abandoned him. But Jesus did it. He immersed himself in that community of faith. And so the question is, why would he subject himself to that? Uh, getting close to people in the family of God is sort of a risk uh, because we, we tend to say things that hurt one another. We, uh, we turn our backs on one another sometimes and we don't always do it right. Why would Jesus risk that and subject himself to it? And I think part of the answer to that question is this. Jesus was showing us how to live in relationship with 
others in such a way that it's loving and grace-filled and God-focused. He showed us that it can be done in a way that honors the Lord. Uh, Then uh, when Jesus left, he told his people, I want you to stick together and above all else, love one another. That's what he said, love one another. Now, uh, some of you have had a bad experience in getting close to other Christians. And I understand that it's tempting to just withdraw and to not risk getting close to people. But the Bible teaches that the Christian life is not meant to be lived out in isolation, but rather in community with each other. We need each other. It's not always easy. I'm so glad that God has equipped us with the tools to make that happen in the relationships of our lives. Uh, And those tools are what we call the one another's of the New Testament. There are 59 commands in the New Testament that are addressed to one another. We are supposed to do these things for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's the way that we keep our unity that the choir was singing about. Uh, It's the way that we keep our relationships healthy and that we're there for one another and they are there for us. In the past three Sundays, we've talked about uh, love one another, serve one another, bear with one another. And today, we're going to read in 1 Peter 4 verse 9, show hospitality to one another. Uh, This is something we really need to talk about in the church today. We don't need to get closed off, but instead to show hospitality to one another. Uh, 1 Peter 4.9 says simply this, Be hospitable or show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now the human author that the Holy Spirit inspired to write those words, Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, uh, was one of the disciples named Peter who had the opportunity to see Jesus interact with other people up close. He had that personal experience of Jesus dealing with him, with Peter. Uh, Even when Peter denied that he knew Jesus, uh, even when Peter said crazy things, he had the opportunity up close to watch as Jesus dealt with people. I think that's one reason that he wanted to say this in this letter to other Christians, hey, you need to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Now, the word that he wrote is uh, the Greek word. It's actually fun to say, philoxenos. It's the word philoxenos. Now, that's two Greek words jammed together, and I want to explain that to you. Doesn't that sound exciting today to get a Greek lesson at church? Here we go. The first part of that word is the Greek word philo, P-H-I-L-O, and it simply means a friend. Uh, And to be more exact, it means a loving friend or the love of a friend, like brotherly love. It's the first part of that word Philadelphia, uh, the city of brotherly love. And so uh, this is an expression of love, a friendship, But 
it, if you add the second half of that word, uh, it, it goes beyond the circle of your Christian friends and family because the second half of the word is the word xenos. Uh, maybe you have uh, heard the word xenophobic, which means a fear of strangers. It's because that word xenos means a stranger or uh, someone who is a foreigner to you. You don't know them. And so if you put those two words together, it means making a friend out of a stranger. It means extending your friendship to somebody you don't know and drawing them in and loving them like they are your family. And so uh, hospitality that Peter is writing about makes a friend out of a stranger. Now you may think, well, what in the world does that have to do with my life? I mean, how can I apply that and how can I connect the dots there for my life and, and how do I obey that command, 1 Peter 4, 9, to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Uh, well, I want to help you make those connections today. Uh, there are four connections regarding hospitality. I'm going to give you these four and then with each one, I have an important question for you to consider. Uh, the first connection is this. We need to think about the connection between hospitality and home. Hospitality and home. They are connected in Scripture. The context here in 1 Peter is that this is a letter that Peter is writing to Christians who had been marginalized and persecuted and displaced from their homes because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Under the Roman Empire, in waves, there was this persecution going on. And as that persecution was rolling out, uh, they're trying to stamp out Christianity. And, and Christians would have to often flee for their lives. They would take whatever they could carry and run for their own safety. And uh, there were a lot of people that Peter was writing to here. If you look at chapter 1, verse 1, it says he's writing to the dispersion. Those Christians who had been dispersed all over the place. And many of them had found a place to live and, and it was safer and they got settled there. And yet these other waves of persecution were happening. And so refugees, spiritual refugees would would flee persecution and come to their area and, uh, and they would come into a place and, and, well, they would look first for Christians who might take them in because they came needing food and shelter and Christian friendship. Now, in those days, there were no hotel chains like we know today. They couldn't just get on their phone and get a reservation at the Hampton Inn. Uh, instead, they were sort of on their own. Uh, there were inns in those days, but typically they were sketchy and filthy. And so uh, these suffering Christians would seek out the homes of other Christians who might take them in. So Peter's idea here in writing, uh, listen, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. His idea is Look, if one of those Christians knocks on your door, don't turn them away. Because in the family of God, we take care of each other. 
That's the attitude. In the family of God, we take care of each other. And, and Peter was, in essence, saying, look, I know you don't know these people, but if they belong to Christ, they're your family. And so you ought to take them into your home and show them some hospitality, house them, feed them, and treat them like family because they really are in Christ. And, and then he added this in verse 9. He said, and do it without grumbling. That means don't complain about it. Now, why would he have to add that? Well, <laughs> you know how people are. Uh, if you've ever had a house guest for any length of time, you know they eat up your food and they eat up your time and they, they create dirty laundry and they eat up your emotional energy. Man, think about these refugees. They would come with, with problems and, and babies and dirty diapers and goofy personalities. Not everybody's easy to get along with at first. And so they bring all of this baggage and yet, the attitude is, these are Jesus people. And if they are Jesus people, they are your people. And so show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Open your home for them like you would open your home for the Lord Jesus himself. Uh, now, the connection between hospitality and home is something Peter would have seen in the early church in Jerusalem. The story of the church begins in Acts chapter 2 with the church meeting from house to house all over Jerusalem. And that means that people had to open up their living rooms and to invite people in who were brand new brothers and sisters in Christ. They didn't know them, and yet they had this connection in Christ. They were spiritual family, and so they just opened up their homes for worship and for meals together and for prayer and discipleship, and strangers in Christ became friends as they showed hospitality. Uh, Peter would have been familiar with the story of Lydia, the first convert to Christianity on the European continent who opened up her home in Philippi for a church to meet there and for a mission effort to be based out of her home. Priscilla and Aquila did the same thing in their home in Ephesus. They opened it up for a church to meet there. And so there is a connection in Scripture between hospitality and opening up your home. Uh, I want to brag on my mom and dad because I got to grow up in a home like that where it was just normal. We had people in our home all the time. I thought every family was like that uh, because uh, it was not unusual at all for my parents to welcome in a visiting preacher and their family. I know what it's like to sleep on the floor in my sister's room for a week and to have to share my stuff with other kids who were guests in our home. Uh, and on top of that, for extended times, we would have uh, pastors from Brazil and Korea and Russia and India uh, for extended stays in, in our home. And then on three occasions as I was growing up, uh, we had people come to live with us for a longer time. Uh, a seminary student who slept on the couch in our living room for a year 
because he didn't have anywhere else to stay. A high school girl that my parents took in who had been kicked out of her home, she stayed with us for a year. Uh, And for several months, a college-age guy named Jimmy who had no place to go. And and my, my mom and dad took him in, loved him. It became a family project. And I'm so glad that I had the experience of growing up in a home where my parents knew how to show hospitality. Um, My wife, Teresa, is really good at that. I'm not so good at that. Uh, I'm more introverted when I'm at home. And so uh, I'm glad that God gave me a wife who has really taught me a lot about hospitality. It's because of Teresa that we have hosted a lot of young adults in our home, two of whom lived with us for a year or more. Uh, once we were camping in the National Park at Smokemont Campground on the North Carolina side, and we saw this family of four from the Netherlands, and they were struggling. They had a little Walmart tent. It was raining. They were cold and wet. Nothing worked. And so Teresa invited them over to our campsite for coffee, and she taught the kids how to make s'mores. And before we left, they were still struggling. Teresa said, hey, go give that guy our number and tell him to call us if they want a place to stay. And I said, no, we don't know those people. Why would we do that? And she said, no, give them our number and invite them to come. And uh, so you husbands know what I did. I, I, I invited them. And they came. I thought they never would. They came the next day and stayed a few days with us. And and we had a great time. We got to share the gospel with them. We still keep up with those people all these years later. You know what that tells me? That you never know how important and how far-reaching a simple act of Christian hospitality may be. You never know what God can do with that. Did you know, by the way, that Hebrews 13 verse 2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know this. You never know what God can do and how far God can use it when you have just some simple Christian hospitality, and you express that to someone else. Here's the question I want to ask you about this hospitality and home connection. Is Ask yourself, is my home available for God to use? If there's someone who needs hospitality, they need someone to take them in. Is your home available for God to use? Now, uh, there's a difference between entertaining and hospitality. Entertainment focuses on the house and the host, and it's for your friends. And when you're entertaining, everything has to be perfect, right? It has to be Instagrammable, the food, the table, the fun, all of that. But hospitality is different. Hospitality focuses on those who need friendship, and it focuses on their needs. So what that means is hospitality can happen in a small home, in a messy home, in a busy home. All you really need is a little space and a welcoming heart, and you can show hospitality in your home. I'll tell you what I thought about this week as I was thinking of that, 
and that is some of the most unselfish people I've ever known are right here in our church because they have, as a Christian family, decided to open their home to foster children who are in desperate situations and in a time of crisis. That, to me, is the heart of Christian hospitality. Just opening a home and and risking getting your heart broken by bringing in some kids who just need the love of Jesus in a desperate situation. God doesn't call everyone to do that, but here's what I believe. We need our homes to be available to God, to say, Lord, it's yours anyway, and so if you want to use my house, I'm opening up for you to use it. Is your home available? Uh, But then, question, what if you don't have a home to share? What if you're in the eighth grade? How do you obey that command? What if you already have roommates or you don't have any extra space? How do you, 1 Peter 4, 9 somebody, how do you show hospitality to one another? Well, I want you to think about another connection. The second one is this, the connection between hospitality and openness. Openness. Christian hospitality is really bigger than anybody's house. Uh, It's not just about opening your home. It's about opening your life and opening your heart to take people in. Uh, And so ask yourself this question. Is there room in my life to be hospitable? And what I mean is, is there any room in your heart to reach out to another Christian who's lonely and just needs some friendship? Uh, Is there room in your schedule to spend time with another Christian who needs a friend? Or are you too busy? Is is your friend group or your life group closed? Or is it open to somebody who's just trying to break into the fellowship and trying to make some new connections? It's about openness. A part of our long-range vision here at First Baptist Church depends entirely on that kind of open hospitality. Uh, Because our goal is that we want to make a life group like we have here on Sunday mornings. It is, I think, the best part of church is when we get in those life groups, studying God's Word, making friends, growing in our discipleship, It it really is where a lot of church happens here. And so what we want to do is for the people who will never darken the door of this church the first time. They they, they feel intimidated or they feel like they're too far from God. They feel like they may not fit in. And yet, they would come to your living room if you asked them to. And so we want to make a life group available within a short drive of everybody in Sevier County uh, by doing it in the homes of our members. Uh, A lot of people in our church have already opened up their home to do that on a weeknight uh, to have people in uh, and uh, have a life group. They just host it in their living room. Uh, But we need many, many more of our members to make room and to be open in their home to simply open a door and open their heart and say, uh, you can come and you can be a part here.
The third connection that I want to make today is the connection between hospitality and uh, what I'm calling church attitude. Church attitude. Here's what I mean by that. Have you ever visited another church? You've never been there before. Uh, but you know that uh, they believe in Jesus and they preach the Bible. They sing songs of praise. And, and so you go and visit there and, and you can, tell me if I'm wrong, you can pick up on the attitude of that church family pretty quickly. I mean, you don't have to be there that long before you know if this church is open to strangers or if they're closed off and they tell you, you're in my seat. It doesn't take long. Uh, in fact, one uh, church uh, person that studies this told me that a person has already decided if they're coming a second time within the first five minutes of arriving. I think it's because you can pick up on the attitude of a church. And, and I want to I tell you this. I think about it all the time. When people visit First Baptist Church, I want them to feel like they've come home. That they're welcome. I want them to feel the hospitality. And I, I'm so glad that uh, really our church is that way. Uh, a lot of people tell us. Uh, and Brent, a lot of this is because of your team out in the parking lot and others that, that work in guest services, welcoming people. Uh, it, it, uh, a lot of people come here and say, I felt welcome right off the bat. Your people are so friendly. Uh, I felt like I was at home the first time I came. I love hearing that, but listen, that only happens if we all have the same attitude of hospitality and openness as a church. And it's got to be genuine hospitality. People can tell if it's fake. It's got to be real. Uh, but uh, it's that attitude of saying, look, if I don't recognize somebody, I'm going to open up and I'm going to introduce myself and say, where are y'all from? And invite them to sit with me. All of that, if all of us have that attitude, then this truly is going to be a place that reflects the love of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do. That, uh, that leads to this question. Ask yourself this question. Is my church more or less hospitable because of my attitude? Another way to ask that question is this. What if everybody in this church had the same attitude that I have? Would this church be more open, more hospitable, or less? And, and this is going to become more and more of an important issue as we develop our vision for a ministry village here, a place where all kinds of people with all kinds of needs can come and find a helping hand and, and a, a loving heart, and they can hear the gospel. If that's going to become reality for us, if this is going to really be a place where we meet people where they are, whatever their point of need is, and we turn strangers into friends and lost people into brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm just being honest. It's going to take an attitude adjustment for some of us who would rather just keep doing what we're doing and keep knowing who we know. It's going to take all of us 
having that attitude of hospitality. That has to become our church attitude. Number four, and I want to land it here. And that is the connection between hospitality and Christ. If you think about it, the greatest example that you will ever know of, of being hospitable and having that life of hospitality is the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. He, he practiced daily hospitality, even though he didn't have his own house. Uh, remember Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus didn't have a room to invite anybody to use. And yet, he was the greatest example of hospitality ever because of the way he dealt with people. Jesus reached out to include and to love and to accept strangers and outcasts that most of the people in his day wanted to forget about. He, he reached out to love the diseased and, and the poor and those in spiritual crises. And he, he reached out and talked to the Samaritan. He wasn't supposed to do that. He, he spent time with sinners. He wasn't supposed to do that either. But that's the way he lived his life, to reach out, to make room in his life and in his heart to receive all kinds of people with all kinds of problems. He's the greatest example. And then, uh, this really blessed my heart this week as I, as I was preparing this. Uh, think about it. His greatest act of hospitality and the greatest, most ultimate act of host hospitality known to mankind it's what happened when Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins. That's the ultimate hospitality. Think about it. Because he did that, we who are strangers to God and enemies of God, those of us who have rebelled against God, we are invited into God's family and into his home in heaven forever. Is there any greater hospitality than that? Than for Jesus to say, yes, you, you are alienated from God. You're a stranger to my holiness. You, you have offended God in your sin. And yet, I'm inviting you into my family. I want you to be a part of my family. And I want you to come and stay in my dad's house forever in heaven. Is there a greater hospitality than that? And here's the point. Those of us who have received that, we are called to have a heart of hospitality for others. Everything we do is a response to the fact that Jesus saw us as a stranger and took us in and he loved us. And so uh, can we do anything less? Here's the question for you. Am I following the example of Christ's hospitality and that's a question for every family and every individual and for our church are we following his example listen we have an opportunity as a church this week to uh, 
really open up and invite all kinds of people in our community to our fall festival. Uh, the last time we did this was in 2021. I think we had uh, over 10,000 people come through uh, during, during the, the week that we did that. Uh, it, it's amazing. We, we ask people to come, we invite them, and it's totally free. Whole families come, multi-generational families come. And uh, we're going to see all kinds of people come through the gate. And, and yet, here's our attitude. Jesus took us in. We want to invite everybody in. And, and we take them just like they are. And we show them Christian hospitality. We show them love. Fun, games, food. Uh, most importantly, we give them an opportunity to hear the gospel of how Jesus loves them and how Jesus saves. And our goal is clear. We, we want to we turn strangers into friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. And so uh, please be in prayer this week as we do that. Uh, for those who are going to be serving, listen, we're going to need a heart of hospitality all week long. And it ought not to be just one week a year, but rather every day, following the example of Jesus. Amen? Let's stand together. We're going to have a time of prayer and, uh, and a time of commitment. And will you just join me as we pray? Heavenly Father, I pray that if there's someone here today who has never before placed their faith in Jesus, Lord, they're on the outside and yet, by your grace, you want to bring them in. And I pray that right now, as you're drawing them into your family, Lord, that, that people in this room, people who are watching us, uh, are, are, are going to call on you for salvation. Lord Jesus, because of what you did on the cross, I pray that they're going to call on you right now. Jesus, save me. And if that's you... I. I urge you, just call on the Lord. Save me now. Heavenly Father, I, I, I pray you would give us all a heart of hospitality. May that be the attitude of our church. I pray you would help us this week. May we see many, many people come and hear the gospel and be saved this week. That's our prayer. Help us as we just receive people of all kinds and love them in Jesus' name. Lord, we, we pray that you would help us as we make commitments to that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share. And if you want a pastor to follow up with you regarding today's message, reach out to us at severe.church slash follow up. Thanks again for joining us on the First Baptist Church Severeville podcast.